Is your wallet a little lighter than usual after the holiday season? Consider it money well spent because you deserve to live your best life and the Chime checking account wants to help you live yours to the fullest. A little extra money goes a long way, which is why the Chime checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-free overdraft up to $200 for eligible members, no monthly fees, and access to over 60,000 easy-to-find and fee-free ATMs. You even get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go, including sending and receiving money fee-free with friends that aren't even on Chime. Sign up for Chime today for you and your wallet. Get started at Chime.com Goals24. That's Chime.com Goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Access to direct deposits up to two days early depends on the timing of the submission of the payment file from the payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode 244. What's going on? Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm I'm okay, but I had a really dumb moment earlier today. Uh, oh. I was telling you about it. Um, it's... I. Any, any dog walker has probably gone through this before. Either you have your own dog or walk someone else's dog. I took my dog out this morning and I, I did not sleep well last night. I don't know why. I just didn't. Anyways, I take him out after taking the kids to school and we're like three quarters of the way done the walk and he stops to take a number two. And standard business, obviously. That's that's expected. What wasn't expected is what I reached into the bag dispenser that is attached to his leash and there were no bags. Oh. oh and I'm no. like, oh, God, I didn't want to just leave it there. No. So I'm like scrambling to look around to make eye contact with someone who lives around going like, I will not leave this poo on your yard. I will be back. And there's no one because it's like eight in the morning. Anyway, so I walk back home, walk back alone, Saul's dog, mainly because my dog takes forever. He's super slow because he's kind of old and he stops at every single tree, gate, post, tuff of grass, corner, what you name it, stops at all of them. Anyway, so I didn't take him and I go to pick up the poo on my own. But now there's a person there in a car. So I'm showing up beside this poo and I'm just like without dog with the bag on my hand going like, oh, yes, this is a perfectly good piece of poo that I'm picking up. Tie it and then like walk around, like walk back home with it. This person must have thought I was the weirdest <laughs> mf in the world. 
<laughs> oh man, I could just picture that happening. Like, could you imagine like play the role of the other person? Like you're just sitting there and you just see someone walk up, no dog, grab a poo and walk away with it. I'd be like, what the hell did I just witness? And not just kind of like, oh, hey, look at that thing, right? That person, me, like laser focused on knew exactly where it was, right? Like that's the extra weird part. You went out of your way to pick up that one poop. What's wrong, person? Without knowing that backstory, just uh, not not great, not my shining moment. But uh, as I've said, it happens to everyone. I'm sure. Absolutely. So that that's phenomenal, buddy. Uh, I'm glad that you were able to power through and, and pick up the poop. That's good. Strong start to the day. I, I comforted myself the entire way going like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. Here. You definitely did. Um, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, my wife just messaged me on WhatsApp saying, oh, crap, I forgot to put bags in the dog bag thing last night. Clearly, <laughs> she just heard me say this story. <laughs> that's that's. that's <laughs> phenomenal that just makes it even better oh my god i love it uh awesome what's going on with your day buddy well uh pretty pretty good day was uh busy with work but i was telling you before i got started that uh my company's been collabing with mike tannenbaum who's the former general manager of the jets so i got to write an article with him and i'm collabing with him for a video on friday which is pretty freaking cool i'm pumped up about that that is pretty awesome man like you get to like hang out basically with someone not even hang out work with someone mm-hmm. like in a professional capacity that you I'm not going to say idolize so I I don't know that but at least someone that you kind of look up to because of the job that he did yeah uh, pr- precisely it was it's uh it was definitely a pinch yourself kind of moment uh today which is really cool um but uh, that kind of does lead us into a little bit of a uh, uh, transition which I think we could probably make that happen right now but um so if you're a patron, you probably know what's coming already, but if you're not, then this is new information for you, and I'm sorry to give that new information to you, but um, no easy way to say this. I will be leaving Eyes on Isles at the end of the month, uh, both the podcast and the website. It's something that I've done for six years, which is crazy to say that it's been six years that we've done this, uh, and I think th- four years of the show. Uh, something like that yeah i'm pretty sure it's august of 2017 that that started up i am beyond proud of what we were able to build with both the website and the show uh it's just unfortunately the the day job and other responsibilities is just taking over my my life right now and i don't have there's just physically not enough hours in the day anymore um i'm struggling i was struggling the last few months to do it as is and it's just it's not that i don't want to it's just I physically can't at this point anymore, Mitch, but uh, I'm very sad to be leaving. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's going to be weird, buddy. It's going to be very weird not having you around. Like you said, six years. And we started basically at the same time, if not the same day type of thing. So it's been a full ride, a full six years of working alongside you, not only in the site, but like conversing with you every day. Well, that will continue, but every day and hitting the record button, that won't continue. And that's kind of sad. It makes me feel like I sent you the gift, but like when Joey hugs Chandler because he's leaving the apartment, that is exactly how I feel. There's the same level of sadness. Uh, It's just, it's kind of buried right now. And it's going to, when the calendar hits May, it's not going to be a fun time over at the Anderson household. No, yes. And uh, well, I definitely can say 
confidently that uh, I've made a very close friend here in my last six years. So I've loved working with you. Going to miss you like crazy, but I'm not going anywhere. I'll still be talking with you every day. Yeah, you'll still hear my didn't bring the dog poop bag stories. <laughs> I need it. All day. I need to. I got to fix that into my schedule. But yes, unfortunately, it'll be coming to a close. So uh, any, any plans with the show? Should, should we let them know? I have no idea. I, I want to continue doing it. I want to continue doing the podcast and, I, and I, I, I will continue doing it. What the show will look like going forward, I'm not entirely sure. I really want to keep the same aesthetic, if I will. And that's not really maybe not the right word, but the same type of podcast. Um, because there, there are, as we all know, there's a bunch of Islanders podcasts out there um, and, and they're all doing it. A phenomenal job at what they do. I don't want to do their thing. I want to continue doing what yes. we've done for the last three to four years, like we said. And so I would like to continue this conversational type of thing. Uh, but we'll see um, going forward. Maybe I'll bring on some guests, maybe not. And we can do the conversation thing. I don't want to do an interview show because I'm, I'm not a good, I'm not George Strombolopoulos or Barbara <laughs> Streisand. Like I can't, I'm not a great interviewee. Um, or interviewer, I should say. I'm yes. a good interviewee, not interviewer. So that that's that's kind of it right now. I'm still not sure what we're going to do, but I want to keep the show kind of the same as what we had before. There you go. So you got one more of this right now, and then the finale of the OG show next week. Um, so with that, I guess you want to hop right in. Let's do it. Let's get right into this. Okay, so from one high note to another high note, Mitch, the Islanders were eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> Just full-on Posicore <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, look, this is something that I think everyone knew was coming for a long time now, but it did feel a little bit different once it became official. Like, am, am I crazy yeah. for saying that? No, of course not. Because there's always that little, like, well, there's a 1% chance. And then once that, that door closes, slam shut, you're going, all right, the hope killed me, now I can die, right? I, I can... I don't want to say the words. Um, I, I can now feel relief. There we go. That's a better way of saying it. I can feel the relief of it is over. I don't have to stress and hope that they can make it, right? That kind of like lingering, oh, maybe the playoffs yeah. is no longer an option. And, and that kind of feels good um, because that was, like you said, something that we've all been debating for a couple of months now. Yeah, no, it, it's been a, a topic on, on this show for a very, very long time, but... Uh, I, I get that with the relief, but in the, in the same way, like I'm still sad about it. Like it still hit me. Like I was like, ah, it's really over. Like again, like I probably, I should have known this for months and months and months, but the, the finale of it actually being done did feel different after the loss against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, especially because it was Toronto, True. screw them. But uh, it's also then when you look at the schedule, right? When, when we're looking at it in February, you're going, oh, they're done for the playoffs, but there's still like 40 games to play or something. It yeah. was basically that. Uh, now there's, what, uh, there's three, Six. seven games after the Toronto loss, right? Like it's basically over, not in so much as it's over for the season, but the season is almost over as well. So like that adds the, the door is closing and you can see it closing on the season. Yeah, no, for for sure. And uh, well, that kind of leads us into what I think we're going to be spending a lot of time on this podcast talking about is what the hell's the point over the next six games? What are we watching for? What I, I want to start with you. What is something that you are looking for here over the final six games of this season? 
I want to see some growth out of some of these players. Um, we've seen growth out of Kyle Palmieri, so we're kind of good there. Obviously, if he can sustain it the rest of the way, that'd be great. And so far, so good. Uh, except for that overtime play uh, against yeah, Florida. True. That was true that. hashtag bad. Um, but other players, specifically the young guys like Oliver Wallstrom, Kiefer Bellows, I want to see them do something with what they with the role they've got so they can have a place going forward because we're going to need that um they're they're on cheap deals although Kiefer Bellows is expiring but it's not going to be a lot if they want to resign him um so I want to see that what about you what's the one thing you're looking for yeah there's there's a few things um Oliver Wallstrom is it is it worth talking about him I know we spent a lot of time on him last week but I would say so, yeah. Any signs of life from Oliver Wallstrom would be really, really nice. Yeah, right. The two games on the scratch pad in a row. Yep, that's not good. uh, It isn't good, but at the same time, which is pretty much what we spent a lot of last week talking about, I can't really blame the coach for coming to that decision based on how he's played. No, that's the thing, right? Like He hasn't necessarily played well. On the flip side, you're going, well, he's not going to play well if you don't play him necessarily. Also true. So I get the odd scratch here. And they're like, Oliver, I don't want to see you on the ice today. We're going to try something different. And if that different doesn't necessarily work, all right, put him back in. Maybe he's learned something, right? But that hasn't really happened. And and it's not like Kiefer Bellows is really lighting it up in his spot. He's got a couple of points, but... They're both secondary assists that he picked up, and I don't even know when he touched the puck in the Florida game. He touched it. He got a secondary assist on that first goal, on the bow goal. I don't know what he did to do it, but he got it. Um, so, like, that that counts, I suppose. But we, we know with Barry Trotz, it's not necessarily about the production. Because if that was the case, Oliver Wallstrom would be hitting consistent 18 minutes a night after, what, he had three uh, multi-point games, back-to-back multi-point games, um, in December, was it not? But yes. we only saw his ice time go down after he did that. Yeah, that was that, that was confusing times. But um, yeah, but it was just if he gets back into the lineup, which I would imagine at some point over the next six games he does. I'll take anything here. Uh, anything. I can't have his season end with 20. I'm looking at it, the numbers right now. 24 points and 13 goals would be extremely disappointing from Oliver Wallstrom. Yes. 100 and how many games though right like if you're going like oh 10 games and i know it's not um that that would be fine but it's definitely Six, not it's like it's 67 right now ouch yeah right that's not good and if sophomore year so 24 over 67 times 82 that's over a third point per game like 0.35 that's 29 points rounded up that's not good that's not good enough no that that is not good enough at all for someone like him um, obviously this is paced out and it's not a per 60 either, which would matter for someone like him because he doesn't play a ton, um, specifically because of his defensive game, his game away from the puck or even with it when it's not in the offensive zone, it's just not there. Um, so you're right to, to want to see that from over the next two weeks. Now, will he play? We'll see. Like they're playing a bunch of playoff teams. Uh, he didn't play against the last two playoff teams. Yeah. That's true. Maybe he doesn't play, but I don't know. That's, that would be what happens if he doesn't play once over the next six games. Yeah, uh, 
That's also not good. That doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth going into next year. No, right? Imagine that. The last eight games of the season, Oliver Wallstrom just does not play. Not because he's hurt, not because he's ill, just doesn't play. Ippolai. Not good. But uh, on the more, <laughs> to go to a more positive one, I I want to see more Ilya Sorokin. And I know more than likely we will be seeing Semyon Varlamov, which is fine. Like, I, I get it. He, you, you've had a ton of Sorokin time recently. Varlamov has been excellent against the Rangers over the last couple of years. Good with that. But... I mean, some of these numbers, man, for 927 and a 2.32 goals against average uh, with seven shutouts for Ilya Sorokin in 49 games. If he has, what do you think, maybe four more starts and he finishes the year above 925 and maybe closer to 930 and that goals against still sitting at like 2-3, that's a phenomenal sign for year two. Yeah, one hell of a sign. Look, I wrote a piece the other day saying, like, I think he should get some heart nominations. He shouldn't win it. No. He, he won't win it, and I'm perfectly okay with that. I, I don't think he should either. But he's putting up a heart-level type of... Uh, I'm not going to say heart-level season. He should get some consideration for the heart. That That's just it. Not, like, top maybe six. Maybe top five. Um, What I'm trying to go here is that the heart is not the MVP of the league, right? Like, that's the big thing with this award that everyone sees it as the MVP. It is not. It's a really dumb award when you think about it Mm -hmm. uh, because it's the most valuable player to his team. What the hell does that mean in terms of a league sense, right? Like, this isn't just an individual team award. It's a league award. How do you do? How do you justify that? I I don't know. It's... (laughs) Great point. I have no idea how you can justify it. I think it's going to be Austin Matthews, I think, but um, it it's it's hard. It's a hard and same thing like with the Norris now at this point, too. That's another award that has kind of lost its original meaning, I think. Yeah. So with that, with the thing of the heart and alias Sorokin, is it when you think of the heart, the idea behind it is what one player carried his team, right? That's why Taylor Hall won it. In 2018 or yeah. 2019, I believe. That's why he won it. Because he carried the Devils into the playoffs. And obviously playoffs matter here for some stupid reason, but it does. Um, he was so much better than the next player, right? Like he had like 40 points more than the next guy on his team. Well, Ilya Sorokin is that goddamn good compared to everyone else on the Islanders. We, we talked about it in the post-game show just yesterday. So... Um, a shout out to our Patreon, so patreon.com slash eyes on aisles to get post game content. Um, we talked about how we don't even have like a, we have one 50 point player, maybe two compared to the Florida Panthers, like seven. Ilya Sorokin, what he's able to do is like that 80 point player. We've got seven shutouts, we've got a two, uh, two seven, I believe, goals against average and a two or a 920 save percentage. That's insane considering the team in front of him. Yeah, it, it is. When when you consider what's in front of him, it is. It's impressive. So I would I want to see him end on a high note a high note so that his numbers, you know, at the end of the year look look good. Because right now what you're looking at, nine twenty seven, two three two three two goals against with seven shutouts. That that's awesome. Wait, he's got a two a, a two three two goals against average? Yes. And a 927 save percentage. Yeah, that's making. that's like legit. In most years, he's not going to win it this year. But in most years, that's top three Vezina finalists. 
Dude, the only reason he's not getting Vezina love is because of the number of wins, which is effing stupid. It's stupid. It's so of dumb. course it is. Of course it's dumb. But that that plays a role. It's because yes. the other guys all have that he's going against have 35 plus wins. And he's at 25. Like, how many of those wins are are because his team was garbage in front of him in the dying minutes? Like even Barry Trotz said it the other day. Like if this guy, if we don't collapse in front of him over the last couple of minutes, like maybe four times over the years, and I think they've done it more than that. This guy's a shoe in for the Vezina. Yes. Yeah, because he's got another four wins on his record. That's stupid. Well, he probably has another three shutouts on the year. Because how <laughs> right, many times yes. do they they let in, you know, late goal, like stupid in the final, whatever, four minutes of a game. Not even, even less than that at times. Yeah. Like how many of those? And I, I can't remember the, the games off the top of my head, but I know they exist. But you're, you're talking like, let's say he takes 30 shots and he stops 29 of them, Right. Um, so you're going 29 over 30. That's a 966 save percentage. He's losing 0.4 points to his save percentage because his team was stupid. Like, come on. That's so dumb. It is. But that's that's just how it works. Unfortunately, it is how it works. But it's, yeah, not 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 the best. But Ilya Sorokin, got to love the year that he's had and want to see him finish strong. Is there anything else uh, in here that that you really would like to look for and see? Maybe any milestones? Uh, I don't know. If, well, Brock Nelson, yeah, yeah, you cued me up right there. Nice softball pitch mm. um, right down the middle. Uh, Brock Nelson hitting 40 goals, please. Oh, my God, please. Uh, there's a chance. He's going to have to get hot. He's got 34 with six games left, so he's going to have to get a little hot, but there's an outside chance he does it. A hattie against the Rangers helps a lot. It does. Now, then you're looking at three with five <laughs> to go. Okay, that makes it a little easier. That's certainly asking a lot, though, right? Sure. Of uh, Shisterkin and that, I imagine. Although, I don't know why they don't play Yuryev, right? Like, Yuryev's got our number and has had our number for years now. That's true. That's true. I don't know if maybe he's hurt. I haven't, I'm not following up on the Rangers because screw them, but uh, maybe that's a thing. But I, I don't know if there's any other. Uh, I guess maybe Noah Dobson hitting 50 points. I'm just going to bring it up now. That would take a minor miracle. He would need seven. Yeah, well, we're talking points, right? Not goals. Seven and six games that he would have to get pretty hot. He, I guess this you're right. A point per game down the stretch. Uh, anyone else? I don't think anyone else is on for a career year necessarily. But yeah, there's so many players at like 30 points is absolutely stupid. Yeah, the, I Anthony Beauvillier at 33 points really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, and for good reason, man, like. He's played most of the year, 73 games. Like, he's missed, what, one game? Where's Zach Parise? Yeah, he's sorry, he's missed three, three games. Zach Parise is my standard bearer because he hasn't missed a single freaking game, which is ridiculous. Insane. But, yeah, like, I, I, I don't know. That's why I wrote something earlier in the week, which the, the stands found and they did not like it with the, the idea of um, trading Anthony. Not saying you'd give him away for nothing, but if you have an opportunity that presents itself where you can improve in either the top four or in your top six, I said it, it, it might be time to start exploring moving Anthony Beauvillier, and it was like, I don't know. Like I, I like I said, tear down the, everything. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, why, why the vitriol? I don't get it, but it, it well, was like, a thing. Our GM said exactly that. We're probably going to have to do some hockey trades. Right. But exactly who 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 else are you trading? Maybe Semyon Varlamov outside or Scott Mayfield was the other one that I came up with. There are three possible players that they could do this with. Yeah. So 
I don't know. Bo seems like the right choice out of the three. Like, obviously, Scotty, I, I've been saying they should probably sure. trade him. Not that I don't want him here, but like, you got a $1.45 million contract that's going to get a lot at the trade deadline. They didn't do it. That's fine. Cool. I don't mind having Scott Mayfield on the roster. But when you talk about hockey trades, yeah. Even then, like, I don't even think, I don't even consider Simeon Varlamov a hockey trade necessarily. Kind of. I, I get it. But like, I don't think oh. you're going to extract as much from Varley as you would from like Bo would be number one and, and, and Mayfield too. Yeah, that's true too, because you know what I didn't even think of with Semyon Varlamov? Usually in those deals where a goalie is moved, a goalie goes back the other way, but like it doesn't have to be like a starter for a starter. It could be like uh, a draft pick and like an AHL caliber goalie. Exactly. Well, we'll trade him to Edmonton, although he's going to say no. So, like, let, let's just say in this hypothetical world, sure. we start trade, trade him and get their AHL goalie back and uh, something or other, uh, second round pick or, or something. I, I don't know. Uh, to us, it's just a five million dollars being offloaded that matters, really. Right, but it's yeah. So really, it's down to two, <laughs> two guys in Scott Mayfield and Anthony Beauvillier. But uh, yeah, that that really jumps out to me, man. Seventy three games. 33 points and just 12 goals. It's really bad, man. It's just not good. I would like to see him go on a run in the last seven. Uh, and it's not that he's been bad. It's just the production isn't following his okay play. Like I, I like his play away from the puck, but it's just not really um, working in his favor. Holy crap. I just did the plus minus for the, because I saw Bo at 11 and minus 11. I wanted to see where he ranked. And it's right near the bottom. Barzy's the worst at minus 13. Green and Bo's next at minus 11. And then you see Adam Pellick at plus 20, which is plus 12 next over the next guy. Yeah, how about that? Zidane Chara plus eight. Yeah. Um, we're we're kind of going back and forth here, but like um, <clears throat> the point that you, you started making was, um, oh my God, uh, Milestones. And it really is Brock Nelson at 40 goals. I would love to see Brock Nelson hit 40. He's already having a career high. Let's get it as high as possible. As high as a 16-year-old on an off day playing Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> That's a very specific reference. Is that from your past life? Not at all, Matt. Wink, <laughs> wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> amazing. Good times. It, it, playing that game high is amazing. <laughs> amazing. Um, yeah, I think that... Pretty much covers it for me. The Nelson getting to 40 would be sick. Uh, Dobson continuing his run. Uh, Sorokin was another big one. But um, yeah, and then, it's, then it's time to reload because that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. It really does. It, it's about the retool going forward, not the rebuild, the retool. Please no one tell me about rebuilds. Oh my God, I don't want to hear rebuilds. Um, but it's, it's going to be a retool. It's just how they go about doing so, right? Like... I don't think they're going to be wildly... I, I have a, a worry that they're not going to be able to bring in a free agent, like a top-tier free agent, just because they won't be available in the market. Not because they don't have the money, just no one's going to be out there. Yeah. It's... Um, uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see who's available, but... that's all. It always looks like, oh, there's going to be a good free agent class, and then they all get signed in June, and then you're, letting their, you're sitting there on July 1 going, huh, Yeah, this is a little tough. Exactly. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but yeah, another two weeks left on the season, six games to play. Only one of them not against a playoff team or only one of them against a non-playoff team, I should say. And that's really sad. That is sad. But anyway, shall we transition and get to down on the farm? Because I think there's some prospect news we have to hit on. 
Yes. First thing, though, I wanted to talk about the NHL entry draft lottery. Oh, sure. Okay. Uh, because they released the date. They said when that's going to take place, and it's on May 10th. And obviously, because we're not in the playoffs, that matters to us. It does. I, I will be locked in and ready to go. Yeah. So May 10th, I don't know if that, oh, what day of the week that is. May 10th is a Tuesday. Awesome, NHL. Thank you very much for brightening up my Tuesday. Come on, man. That seems, I in the evening, I hope. I hope. Well, we'll see. It's the NHL. It's Tuesday in the afternoon. On your lunch break, maybe check in. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, either, either way, the Islanders have a 2.2% chance of winning the damn thing. Now, where they are in the standings isn't going to help them. So there are new rules for the draft that they started okay. last year. Uh, only the first two picks are available. You can only win the first or second overall. Uh, Islanders' chances of winning either one is 22 and I believe 2.4% rounded up. Uh, and then oh, you can only move up to 10 spots max. So for a team like the Islanders, they cannot draft first if they end where they are now. They're... I think they'll be they'll draft 13th so they can move 10 spots max. They will draft highest third overall, which is fine. We'll take it, obviously. Sure. But as it stands now, unless they start losing a bunch of games, which they're not going to lose them all, but they're going to lose a few. But can they lose more than the teams below them? So far, no. Yeah, I think as we explained many times on this show, the, the tanking for this team, you're, you're not going to get yourself in a position where it's going to matter. Yeah. So now it's to look at the, the picks that could be available to the Islanders. I've started doing it on my channel and uh, unfortunately started working from the number one down, which is really silly to me. Like I shouldn't have gone like, oh, let's look at Shane Wright. The Islanders are never going to draft Shane Wright. That's just not going to happen. I'm at like number four. So I, I'm taking a look at everyone in the top 15 to see what kind of player they are. But um, so far, I, I have no idea who they're going to pick. We'll, we'll see. But um the fact that they just signed a, to a AHL contract, a Lambert, makes me kind of think hopeful that they're going to try to bring in Brad Lambert. Maybe. Maybe. Possible. I think he might follow the draft. He's not having a good time or did not have a good time in Finland. Okay. So uh, who knows? Maybe just get, you know, rekindling that family bond could be good. Mm-hmm. We've already got his uncle. Let's get both cousins in. Let's do it. It's family affair. Beauty. So then let's move to the guy, the man of the hour, as you mentioned. Aturatu is in North America. Uh, he, like I said, the plan was to always come as soon as possible, and this was the soonest. I think it was exactly a week from when the season ended that he was here. Um, so yeah, that's I think great. So, so uh, that was always the plan with him. He's practicing now with, uh, with uh, Bridgeport. Will he play? I don't know. I don't see why not. They're not a really good team, but um, I would definitely play Otto Otto. I mean, why the hell not? Yeah, and they're they're fighting for a playoff spot. So how cool would it be if he's kind of there for the push, and then you know, in a series, that'd be pretty nice to see. Exactly. Um, it, it's going to be weird because uh, the Worcester Railers season is over, uh, and the only reason I bring that up is because usually you would see if they're making room for someone, they'll send someone down um, to to get him playing time. But with the Whistle Railer season over, that's not necessarily an option. So you won't see like Colin Adams sent down to the ECHL being like, that is a clear indication that Aturatu is playing. And um, we don't we don't know if he is or not. Right. Like even Barry Trotz is going, we'll see if he gets into the lineup because th this team has been playing all year. It'd be 
kind of suck for someone like Colin Adams to be like, get out of here. We got our second round pick from last year in. Go play somewhere else for now, bud. But if the talent is there, and I think it is, he's got to move aside. I was going to say, you got to do it. For a, a guy like that, someone you took in the second round, but still, like, the expectations are sky high for him. Yeah, like, he he plays a North American game, man, and he has for a while. He was Even when he was here at training camp, that was the one thing that Barry Trotz said. He plays a North American game. He can control the ice down the middle. He's physical. Uh, he, he's got great hands, uh, good puck skills, a really good shot. He's just got a little bit of everything. His skating could use some work, but basically everyone can, aside from Connor McDavid coming into the league. And his defensive game can maybe use a little bit of help. And maybe his attitude. Like, he he needs to calm the F down when he's on the ice sometimes. Gets a little too heated. Yeah, that's why he took, like, that match penalty in the playoffs. um, Because he did something dumb on the ice, right? He gloated in front of the goalie and they called him for a match penalty after already picking up a match penalty. So they're like, you're ejected, get out. Great. Uh, Well, early in Matt Barzell's career, that was a little bit of an issue, right? He would get a little too steamed, but he hasn't had a good year this year. But um, I feel like he's calmed down a little bit as he's gotten a little older. Yeah, and that's the thing with with, uh, with Alterato is that he is, uh, he is coachable, right? Like that is something that Ole Jokinen has said for a while now. Um, like months I'm talking about. He's got an interview from a month ago and like, um, I think just before the playoffs started and, and they asked him like, they being Finnish commentators going like, who is a guy that you like coaching basically? And he's like, man, Aturatu is great. Like he is always willing to listen. He's always asking for advice. He's just looking to be a better pro uh, all the time, every time. And so th- that that's a guy that I have a lot of time for. And you and it's working, man. It's really working. Yeah, that that's awesome. That makes me really happy to hear that. So, worst case scenario, there there isn't. There really is no worst case scenario for him. He's here. Even if he doesn't play, this is a valuable time for him, right? You talk. You heard Barry Trotz talk about Ilya Sorokin the other day, saying like even when he came in in the bubble and couldn't play, it was good having him around. And that's a th- that's going to be important for someone like Aturu. Like, he's going to be able to experience living in Bridgeport because he's probably going to be there next year. Getting acquainted with his teammates, knowing where things are, how to get stuff done, and just driving around and being comfortable in his surroundings. That's so important, and he's going to benefit from that being here now. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love it. Well, like, that was almost like uh, Sorokin a couple years ago. Exactly. Exactly, right? Like, he didn't play, but he got to adapt to the NHL life. Not just the NHL life in terms of playing NHL hockey, but everything else around it. He's going to be getting that education now, and we don't have to wait later. I've seen some people like, why bring him in now? Well, this is going to ruin things. No, this is only a good thing. It's an excellent thing, really. Now, if he does, obviously the plan is he's he's here. So let's assume, well, do you think Bridgeport makes the playoffs or no? As it stands now, they're in the playoffs. They have two games remaining on the regular season. I believe they they need to win at least one of those. I don't know what their magic number is. I think it might be three. Um, just win win both games. Win both games and you're yeah. in. Uh, I I think that's easier said than done because they're playing against like the better team in the division in, in Springfield, and they're playing against Hartford, which they've had a hard time against. That's the uh, the Rangers uh, affiliate. affiliate. So I guess my point that I was trying to get a 
get to, it just took a really long way to get to was, I don't think he's necessarily going to like get, get on a plane and go right back if they, their season ends. Right. Like you think you'd stick around here for a while? He's staying here. There's no, the only reason he would go back to Finland is to train with the Finnish team um, because they've got the world junior championships in August. Right. So, okay. So then theoretically he could be here until before then, right before then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think he's going anywhere. He might go back to Finland. Well, sorry, I know he's going to go back in summer in Finland because that's what NHL players do. They go right, back home right. in summer. I know he's making plans with other players there, like uh, some of his friends and such. Like, I'm going to be in this part of town uh, like because they're going back home type of thing. Uh, so that's going to happen for sure. Um, but outside of staying there for any like regular season games, no, no, he, he is coming back to play in Bridgeport next year. And... and hopefully the Islanders, but I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I'd be pretty surprised with that, but definitely feel like he's someone you have to monitor like every step of the way next year. It's going to be the Atu Ratu watch all next year. I feel like. Yeah. Like, so he's got, he's coming over now getting accustomed to this, the, the, the organization, the franchise and so on and so forth. And just life in North America in general. And, and then, like I said, he's got the World Junior Championships in August, and Finland should do pretty well. Like, they're, they're, I don't know if they're going to get gold necessarily, but their their goal is to medal. They they got the bronze medal last year, and they're a really good team. If he comes into camp with a medal, because that's the thing that the the tournament's going to end end of August type of thing, maybe September. So camp isn't too far away. He's coming into camp maybe with a medal. That is a huge confidence boost. On a guy that's going to be competing for a spot on a team, and he probably won't get it because he's young, but like, man, it's all about confidence. And and if he gets a medal right before camp, look out! Oh my God, look out! Yeah, I, you're right. I think that would just continue to build the confidence, which is obviously what you want to do when you're trying to develop this this player along. Exactly. Um, the last two things I wanted to bring up for down on the farm is Williams full. Breaking records left, right, and center. Well, I don't think there's any more records for him to break. Um, uh, he now owns the record, the single-season franchise record, the St. John Sea Dogs franchise, that is, for goals and points. So he's at 52 goals and 109 points on the season. And that is a franchise record in both categories. Love that. Fifth round pick, baby. I see a lot of wet blankets being like, well, uh, he's old. Okay, yeah, he turned 20 in January. He's still doing the thing. There's no one else, really. There's like another one other player. It's Patrick Gay, who's at like 100 points, I believe, in the league. But, Come on. But Mitch, he's almost an overager. <sighs> Jesus Christ. It's still like he's still doing it. And like, we're not talking about some random player who would never projected to do anything at the QMJHL level. This is his sixth overall pick at the QMJHL level in his entry draft. From the minute he joined, he was, they thought that he could do something in this league and he did it. And it's not even just this year. Last year, he put up a pace of 49 goals and like, I think 89 points or something like that. Yeah, he's taking a step above, but he's a year older. He's going to take a step above. That's how it works. Where, where is he playing next year? Well, that's the thing. He said he's looking forward to playing in Bridgeport. So he talked to Peter Schwartz. So shout out to Peter uh, on that excellent interview he had with him. And he said, like, I'm looking forward to playing in Bridgeport next year. Uh, not in, uh, maybe paraphrasing a little bit. He didn't say, like, he's got a contract in hand, basically. But he's basically intimating, like, I want to be in Bridgeport next year. 
Okay. Because that was my question. I wasn't sure if they they had something worked out yet. And it could have been me just forgetting. But um, I I would like to see him. Is that unrealistic to say that? To say that he should be there next year, or no, that's very realistic. It would be a shock if he wasn't. Okay, okay, good. Him and Ratsu. put him on the same line. Exactly. <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to bring up here, uh, unless you have any other questions about any other prospects, is Logan Cockrell, who was the captain of BU and another Islanders prospect. Who? Um, oh, something's going on here. I've copy pasted the wrong link. Um, he won a couple of awards for BU, and I, I'm only getting a link just to make sure I say them right. He won the Bennett McInnes Award and the Iron Terrier Award for BU. And those awards are the Bennett McInnes's uh, typifying the BU spirit uh, on and off the ice. So he has like, it's basically like the Bobby Nystrom Award, right? For the Islanders. Mm-hmm. And then the Iron Terrier, this one's kind of weird, is for character, strength, dedication, and discipline in the weight room and off ice training. Okay. So he works out real good, apparently. I guess that's that's kind of like an effort award, I feel like. I suppose. So uh, w- the reason to bring that up is not only is he winning awards, but he's a captain and he's done at the college level. He's played his five years and obviously looking to go pro and the Islanders hold his rights, but they haven't signed him yet. And I don't really know why. They have till August on that, right? That is correct, August 15th. So there's time, and I guess that's where you're going with this, right? Yeah, I, I guess. But it, it does feel weird because, like, he checks all the boxes that I feel like Lou and Barry look for in the captain, the wards, the leadership, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. And that That's why I'm going with this, too. It's just kind of weird that they haven't yet, but uh, all eyes on him. I, I imagine they will sign him because he checks all those boxes, but so far has not. But he's winning, he's winning awards, so... We'll see. Yeah. Strange, but okay. There we go. That was it for Down on the Farm. I didn't have anything else, unless you have any other questions about any other prospects. No, uh, we're good. I would say let's transition now and get into the quiz. Let's do it. As we do every week, and won't be doing going forward, I suppose, maybe Uh, one more week of this. Um. I have a mystery New York Islander for you, Matt, and you at home to guess. You've got five clues to guess who they are. It gets progressively easier as we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Clue number one. I was born in Maine. In Maine? Correct. Uh, oh, was Rick Pietro Maine or Massachusetts? I have no idea, but it's not him. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good clue. I was like, oh, uh, Northeast. <laughs> I'm the youngest player to commit to playing college hockey. So I committed to a team and I was the youngest, uh, not team, but college, but I was the youngest person to do so. It's not Oliver Wallstrom, is it? It is Oliver Wallstrom. Oh! At thir- good job. Let's At go. 13 years old, he uh, committed to play for the University of Maine. Wow, good job. He also committed to play for Harvard, apparently. That was my clue number three. He really? was committed to Harvard. I forgot that. Before going to uh, Boston College. Clue number four, I was selected in the first round. Doi. And five, I don't see the ice much these days. <laughs> I don't See, it was the Northeast thing. That's a, If you didn't start with the Maine, my head wouldn't have been in the Northeast. So that I gave I gave it away. Clue number one. But that that's why this game is fun, because you never know when you're going to get it. Love it. Good stuff, dude. 
Beauty. All right, let's do some social stuff. Yeah, what do we got this week, Mitch? Okay, so my first one here comes from, I'm just bringing it up, is uh, Unmarketable at Webard, W-E-B-B-A-R-D, saying, I know it's unfair. It's an unfair comparison because Sorokin was 25 compared to like DP at 18, D Pietro that is. But has any Isles rookie goalie ever had that good of a season, meaning this year? No. I, don't I really no. don't think so. Not a single one. No, there's no way. It's just, yeah, it's un- unreal. The The play that he, it's just, I feel so confident in him. Like his NHL sample size is still low, all things considered. He This is really his first full year because last year with the, the shortened season. But um, yeah, man, he's been absolutely unbelievable. I, I feel like the hi- there was a ton of hype for years and years and years before he's come here, but he's lived up to it, which is hard to do. Exactly, right? Like video game numbers. We did it on the Discord channel the other day. Someone brought it up going like, what are his numbers exactly? And they're absolutely stupid at the KHL level. I don't know if I can find them real quick, but um, it's like 170 goal against and like a 930. I think it's a 930 save percentage in the regular season and a 940 save percentage in the playoffs, which is stupid. Like that's stupid. That's nuts. Oh my God. So obviously he's not doing that per se, but it's pretty damn close. No, but the the point is he's been as good as advertised, which is what exactly what you want. 100%. My first one comes from Isles on MSG, and it says Johnny Boychuk is in the house. Johnny Boychuk speaks to Shannon Hogan about being at UBS for the first time and missing the boys. I don't know about you, but I was so happy to see Johnny Boychuk. Like... I just his presence just makes me very happy. He's he's a really good islander. He was a really good like islander. like I say in French all the time. C'était bon pour le moral. Like it just felt warm seeing him there. Yeah, going. and I, I didn't even hear because usually when I, I intermission I'm practicing, I'm doing some bass scales. Uh, but I turned it on just because I, I saw him there going like, oh, it's Johnny! Oh my god! Uh, and it was just incredible to see. He looks great. Um, it, it's good to see him around. Just love it. Uh, shout out to Jen because I'm sure she was having a. a excellent day because of that yeah but without a doubt and uh yeah it was just good to see same with i usually during the intermissions i'm doing some other stuff and i had it muted but i looked up and i was like oh my god it's boy chuck it just made me so happy to see him up there it was so good uh, i i want to see him more of him and hear more from him because he's incredible yeah absolutely so good stuff there what else you got mitch uh my next one here comes from uh believer not just spelt like i pronounced it anyways um, they did a mock-up for if NHL teams wore soccer j- teams. Oh, okay. And their jerseys for the New York Islanders look pretty sick. I I, I really like it. I'm going to give you a link here uh, so you can take a gander at it. I don't know if you can see that in the in the chat there we've got going on for our oh, stream service. okay. Okay. Yeah, th- the first two. I do not like the alternate, uh, but that, yeah. that's kind of standard when it comes to the Islanders. Yeah. Um, but that home one looks pretty sick. Yeah, it does. You know, I'm not really a um, I'm not a soccer fan particularly, but I do like I've always liked their uniforms. The the short sleeve with like the the logo and all the colors, the home and I like both the home and away. I don't know which one. Do you have a preference between? I prefer the home. I I really like the the orange and blue that that's kind of like the the why I like the Islanders anyways. It's one of the things Uh, the the way one's fine, but the home one is. beautiful. Yeah. You know what? I I think I'm going to be on there with you. I like something about the blue with like the orange going across sideways. Just I like it a lot. So if you want to go check it out, it's at B.I.E.L.V.R. 
underscore uh, to check those out. He's got one for every team, it seems. Sorry, he, I don't know if that's a he, him. I was, sorry, I assumed your pronouns, but um, my bad. Uh, but they, they've got a bunch of uh, of jerseys there, and it, they, they a lot of them look really good. Some of them don't, but that's just because I don't like the teams, so screw them. Like, the Boston ones are gross, but I think that's just because I don't like the Boston look, the colors. Bam. There you go. Love that. Uh, my last one comes from Will Cherucci, um, who says, rest in peace to two legends gone way too soon in response to the tweet of um, the Islanders announcing Mike Bossy passing away. And this is such an amazing photo, if you haven't seen it. It's both the Gillies jersey and Bossy jersey hanging next to each other. In the background, you see the Coliseum, and the sun is like coming up over the Coliseum behind it. Stunning. Amazing, amazing picture. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, how I think he also shared a picture of being... I don't know if it was the Heineken Terrace. I, 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 there was uh, people taking pictures outside of the Heineken Terrace, obviously, on, on the day that they were honoring Mike Bossy, um, which was beautifully done, of course, by the Islanders. Um, and there was a rainbow out there. That was also awesome. I don't know if it, if it was Will or not who, who shared it, but I did see that on the broadcast, and it's like yeah. that was touching. It was really cool to see him at the Coliseum because, like, they've never played at the UBS. Uh, they they spent their career playing at the Coliseum, so it, it was more fitting, and I, I appreciated that they did that. And this year sucked, man. Lost a lot of good people. Well, like we do every year. Every year, there's a bunch of good people dying, and it sucks. It does suck. It, it just feels like I don't know. With everything going on this year, it it, it really didn't go the way the Islanders were hoping on the ice, but then a ton of stuff off the ice, um, unfortunately took center stage for this team too. 100%. It sucks. Um, moving on, I suppose. Last thing here for me, it's, uh, the, uh, sorry, it, it's a tweet from pucks and ponies saying Matt Barzell could take notes on how Alexander Barkov plays the game. Um, and basically saying like Matthew Barzal shouldn't go on uncriticized. But the one that I really want to highlight here is my friend Ryan saying, ah, yes, Barzal should take notes on how to play a line with Jonathan Huberdeau. Because let's be honest, in, in a line with Barkov and Huberdeau, Matthew Barzal is Huberdeau. Probably, yeah. I, I, probably. There, there's no way to know, but I, my guess would be yes. I, I agree with you. Like, I understand Pucks and Ponies saying, like, there, there's no excuse. We can't make, keep making excuses for Barzal. He's got to step it up type of thing. He only's got 14 goals on the year. But, like, we, we know Matthew Barzal is never going to be a 40-goal scorer. He's probably not even going to be a 30-goal scorer. 25-plus? Okay, fine. Um, and he needs to step it up, no doubt. Pucks and Ponies absolutely correct. The 14 that he's got is not enough. But he is not going to do it on his own. He 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 needs someone like Barkov's got Huberto. Look at that. Just look at that pass in overtime. Yeah, it was perfect. That pass was... he. Barkov did nothing uh, aside from tap it in once it got past uh, Sorokin. The puck did all the work. Huberto did all of that. Uh, what Barkov did is kind of like move his stick over the puck to kind of free Sorokin, which is skill in and of itself, uh, to, to, to know to do that, and, and then tapped it or bounced it, if you will, uh, through him or around him at the end. Like a lot of it has to go to Huberto, and, and that's the kind of play that Barzal brings to the table. Yeah, no, with without a doubt. So I don't know. Fingers crossed that the Islanders are able to land someone either in free agency or via trade, because I really think, um, well, one, obviously they need somebody, but two, yeah. I think it takes Barzal's game back to 
you know, the level that we know he can be. 100%. So I, I wanted to bring that up, not to criticize Pucks and Ponies, because I think they're onto something. Maybe not singling out Barkov as the source of inspiration, but saying that we can't keep making excuses for Barzal. Yes, uh, but we we need to do something. And that's probably what Pucks and Ponies is also saying. Like, you can't just score 14 points or 14 goals. Like, you need more from Barzal. But we need to give him a little bit more because he's not going to be able to do it on his own. Yeah, like I feel like it's somewhere um, somewhere in the middle on it because I agree like with what Ryan responded. Like, yeah, obviously he needs more to play with for sure. I don't think anyone would argue that. But at the same time, I don't think it's fair to say, hey, even with the people you're working with, you got to give me more than 14. Yeah, I agree. So that, that's why I wanted to bring it up. All right, so before we go, let's make sure to get some plugs in here. Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating and review. That would really help us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. You could also check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. $5 a month gets you post-game content. It gets you a mailbag show. It gets you a Discord channel and a whole lot of fun going on over there. You could also visit the website, eyesonisles.com. Follow us on social media, on Twitter, Eyes on Isles FS. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch is TLO Mitch. And Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Did I miss anything, Mitch? Did we hit it all? That That is all. We're currently building a playlist, thanks to Jake Silverman uh, on the Discord here, a playlist for goal songs Ooh. and walkout songs as well, apparently. So I'm, I'm looking forward to checking that out here. Uh, that That's what happens on our Discord with all our patrons. So get up in there. Love it. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, I am Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.